calling out the myths, misinformation, and BS in the wellness industry. This is the Big Mouth Pharmacist Podcast. Here's your host, holistic pharmacist, supplement expert, Big Mouth, Dr. Neil Smoller. Broadcasting from the most famous small town in America, it's the podcast that pulls back the curtain on the wellness and supplement industry. It is episode 99, almost 100. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my God. This one is called Happy New Year. I'm here with Dana, as you heard. Hi, Dana. What's up? What's up? Hi, Neil. Um, the blog, of course, is at drneilsmoller.com. That's our new base of operations. That's where you find our podcast episodes blog. And the store is almost there too. Woodstockvitamins.com is moving. It's going to be on drneilsmoller.com slash store. I have to do pictures. So I'm starving myself for the next two weeks, which isn't true. Um, uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Very more. good example to set for the listeners. <laughs> exactly. Just don't eat for seven days and you look great for your pictures. <laughs> Um, but again, thanks for tuning in. Please give us five stars and share us on your social feed of choice. Um, I figure before we get started, I can say, Dana, I'm getting my doggy soon. Which is pretty <gasps> Exciting! Cool. Yeah, so get a little puppy, a little chocolate lab. That'll hopefully oh. be an energetic psycho uh, that'll just <laughs> run around my house. We got to do the potty training thing, you know, because it's a mm. baby. Uh, but I don't really care. I think it's good. We we talked about Ollie, my psycho, my uh, Cujo. Mm. So Miss Ali, uh, my friend Katie got a dog and uh, we visited. And so Katie, Katie's dog is like a a crazy person, super sweet, right? But Mm -hmm. is a big jumper. I guess that's the breed and like loves to sit on the top of furniture. Sort of like my son (laughs) did actually. My son used to stand on the backs of chairs and couches because he was a lunatic and like jump off of them. (laughs) Um, and so that's kind of what this dog does. So like, you're just standing there and I'm six foot tall and it just kind of like, it's like gets eye level with me and it just puts its feet right up at me. Right. And then like, you're sitting in a chair and it like jumps up. So, uh, I was like, uh, all missing my, you know, my crazy Ollie and looking forward to my doggy. So, um, I'll be talking lots about dog nutrition. I'm sure in the next, uh, few, <laughs> few weeks <laughs> as that breaks loose there. So what I want to do to get started is to talk about Friday. <laughs> last friday. friday was a was quite a night okay so first off i'm fully immunized my wife is fully immunized and our friends are fully immunized so we got to have a post covid party just the four of us and it was really That's nice awesome. but i couldn't pay any attention really to anything that was going on because as you recall last week we had horrible storms across the country mm-hmm. and the CDC was delaying shipments of the vaccine. And normally by Thursday, I get my second doses. So my doses that are due for the next week, the people's second doses of the COVID vaccine, we didn't receive them. And in fact, we didn't even receive our first doses, which normally come by the Tuesday of that week. So we were out about 800 doses and nothing had come by Friday. And Governor Cuomo himself, or at least in his voice, had emailed out that the CDC just updated us. We're not expecting COVID vaccine until Friday next week. Right. Right. So I have scheduled on Tuesday, the roadshow, 300 people, six locations, and the next day, 500 people coming to Woodstock. Right. Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, if I get it on Friday, then we can do it on Saturday and Sunday, but no, then some people can't do it. And And I'm like, just like the math is going on in my head. So (laughs) then I I just make the call and I say, listen, all right, I'm just going to keep getting drunk. And then I'm going to just delay everything (laughs) 
one week. I'm going to say, don't come this Tuesday, come the next Tuesday. It's totally fine. You have four days before your due date and you have two weeks after. So you have this nice big range, right? So I'm like, we'll be fine, right? So I think of an email, uh, like all the texts, let people know, right? And get the word out, post it on Facebook. I get about 13 folks that need to rearrange because they had travel plans. Like everybody's, <laughs> the minute yeah. they get their vaccine, they're like, oh yeah, uh, four hours after my vaccine clinic, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so many people that were like that. So there was a bunch of people that were upset. And so on Friday night, this announcement comes in Saturday morning. I'm at work, spend three hours rescheduling this thing, reorganizing everything, managing the communications that are coming in, hundreds of emails. Uh, and I finally get to a place where I'm like, okay. And then, um, you know, basically complaining about it for the rest of Saturday. And then on Sunday, I wake up and the CDC has sent me shipping information and the doses yeah. will be there for Monday. Yeah, that's, that's a nightmare. Yeah. So then I mean, it worked out, but uh, still it totally worked out. So then on Monday, I got to send out another email and I said, <laughs> we're going to do it on the normal day anyway. Right. And there was a bunch of folks a little bit upset because they had like rearranged their mm. travel plans. But I'm like kind of like, eh, you know, you probably should have made travel plans right, 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 right away. Right. And so yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit jumping, jumping of the gun E, you know. And yeah. so we we get to a point where there's a bunch of people that are like, you know, yeah, OK, great. Got the message. We're starting to hear from some people I didn't. I didn't get the email and I just, I started like freak out and I'm like, you know what? This is what I need. I need everyone to manually respond to this email and tell me that you're coming. Right. Because my anxiety is too high. Right. I'm just worried that somebody's, you know how it is. Like we talked about how second dose management is a nightmare. Right. And so I just didn't want anybody to miss for any reason. So I, I, we actually had everybody manually respond. I had one of my staff for five hours, just responding to those and another one for three hours the next day, just marking people as confirmed on our freaking 500 line spreadsheet, you know, oh my God. it was a, just to be sure. Right. And we got to everybody and there was a bunch of folks that didn't have emails. Cause that's a big part of the problem, of course. And so we called all of those people manually verified 528 people. Right. And thankfully with the roadshow, it was basically what I've been trying to do for like, you know, like the black elders and such, like the acceptance rate is, is low already. Right. Because mm -hmm. of the, 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 I guess like the obstacles for them, right. They don't have computer. Right. Nobody's in their community talking about this stuff, getting them hyped up. Right. So they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. So I've been trying to like white glove it, meaning like we go in, we, we fill out every form for them. We submit to New York state for them. We're making the phone calls for the community groups just to make sure that they don't feel overwhelmed. So we've been doing a lot of the work ourselves for those groups, just to make sure that because people are already hesitant to get the doses. So these poor people uh, in uh, one of these clinics, uh, we call them four or five times, I think <laughs> pretty much <laughs> to like schedule and reschedule and, and then unreschedule everything, you know? And so like we've been, we, so we had it for the roadshow, we had a do probably 70, 80 calls ourselves, but then for the other groups, we're managing the calls in the facilities, right? So wow. it was a lot of work. So we had all of that nightmare on Monday. And then on Tuesday was the first road show. And we did it uh, last time in a snowstorm. And we were about an hour late because, you know, again, of delays with shipping and everything. This time we had no problem. We kind of sailed through the whole day, piece of cake. And then the day after was our big 
528 dose clinic in Woodstock. Uh, I actually had our, our podcast guest, Dr. Rissman, who's an old school Woodstock doctor for 40 years. I had him come because, you know, my whole thing with this is like, let's spread joy as much as we can. And, right. <laughs> you know, like how else can you spread joy? But besides having Dr. Rissman there BNS, BSing with everybody the entire time, you know, <laughs> and he, Wait, he wasn't even like administering shots. He was just like, well, technically he was administering shots, but most okay. of the time he was talking <laughs> 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 and people were like, Oh my God. Uh, like, you know, a couple of people were like, like you could see them like, like, why is he just talking with that person? And so like, I would come out and I would just immunize like six people all at once. So that way he yeah. could keep talking. But then I said to him, I was saying to him, like, that's why I have him here. Like I wanted him here, not only to, to do this, he's a retired doc and like, he's a good dude. Like I want mm -hmm. him to help here. You know, I need his help. And, but I also wanted him here to talk with everybody because I hope someday I can do that. <laughs> you know, like I can come yeah, and just yeah. sh schmooze with everybody. And that's exactly what we needed. And then we had a nurse friend of ours uh, do the other set. The, the, the reason that I was calling this podcast happy new year was because basically, you know, I've given now 2,500 doses of COVID vaccines, nearly nice. 2000 are by my own hands, minus like, you know, Dr. Risman and our nurse friends there and some pharmacists, mm. but basically 1200 people of all walks of life, right? Mostly are aging hippies. And, you know, now lots of people in different neighborhoods that we're pretty much going to get ignored based on the current system, right? If mm -hmm. it wasn't for our team, they're all now fully immunized. So a couple of weeks from now, they'll almost entirely be fully protected against COVID. So it's officially for them, the end of the 2020 nightmare. Right. It's, so it's like yeah. happy freaking new year, you know? And so that's what I've been saying to everybody. Actually, when I give them their second doses is happy new year. I had a nice little sentiment I put on our, our page too. If uh, you look at the Dr. Neil Smoller Facebook page, I put a lot of stuff there and I had a nice little sentiment for any of you out there listening who are getting your second shots because it really, it's about you. Yes. But it's really about what you're doing for the community at large by accepting that vaccine and, and, and trusting the science. Um, I know I'm going to do a blog. My rant is going to be about the vaccine, um, like morons that are like spreading the misinformation and everything like that. And, and the anti-vax people, yeah. I mean, we've had like in this country alone, 63 million freaking people have gotten this vaccine, right? Wow. Name that's something great. else that's got so high, high numbers, right? Like name something else with everybody watching it and us recording the freaking side effects into an app altogether. Yeah. Nothing's happening, right? We had like think with the first 20 million doses uh of Pfizer and Moderna, I think there was something like 40 to 50 cases of anaphylaxis. They all happened within 10 to under 10 minutes and they were all in patients that had anaphylaxis in the past. Right? Hmm. So we can even stop asking about EpiPens, but give me a break here folks. Like we have this amazing piece of science that the professionals are putting into people's arms. You have no argument. Yeah. And period, end of sentence. So I am happy for everybody that are taking up this uh, vaccine and accepting it. And it's it, it's the conversation should not be, be do you believe in vaccines? That's a dumb conversation. Uh, the, if the, you want to ask a question, you can say, are you one of those crazy folks that thinks that vaccines are evil? Um, that's probably a better conversation. I, you know, in all seriousness, um, there is no dichotomy here. There's the science and then there's the, and the proof, and then there's the speculation based on fears and 
profit motives of those charlatans, right? So that's what we have. And so I'm happy for all these folks that are getting this and then they can like move on with their lives. And yeah. so now you are fully protected, right? Like I am. I'm fully protected. It's great. Have you been able to socialize with anybody yet? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still wearing masks around friends, but I actually, I'm in a bit of a quandary mm-hmm. because I just sort of out of spite after a breakup and a little bit of boredom, I, <laughs> I joined Tinder again, which I nice. been on there in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's blowing up. There's a lot of handsome single gentlemen in the area. But <laughs> as soon as I started getting messages I had to ask myself, what is the end game here? What even am I doing? Because like, and at the time, um, I, I think I had just gotten the first shot. So I was, you know, I knew that eventually I was like in a month from now, I was going to be fully vaccinated, but none of these guys are, I mean, like I haven't come across a single nurse or doctor on there, you know, like these are mostly blue collar guys that are on Tinder around here. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't really know, I, I, like I haven't met up with anyone in person yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of fun, maybe a little naughty conversations, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, you know, really, I, I don't know what I'm even doing on there other than just kind of like wasting time because, right. you know, they're not vaccinated yet. Yeah, I uh, I am aware of. Uh, I actually have uh, a close person in my life who is on Grinder, which is the Tinder for gay men, right? And mm-hmm. well, I think uh, lesbians as well. But I think is it or is it just gay guys? No, I, I think it's just for guys. That was actually the original. That was the precursor to Tinder, and then yeah, straight people it. were like, "That's a great idea. We're gonna That's, do it our way." We're gonna, yeah, I got it. So I I don't know. Like I had to go to a club and pretend I had game. So uh, I don't know about these apps. It just seems too easy. So, uh, but he, anyway, that this person was telling me how, uh, how the hookups didn't stop during Ooh. COVID. And it, I'm like, you aren't allowed in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. And you'll have to put plastic on the seats from now on. If you sit on my couch in my house, <laughs> because you're way too active, you know, with those kinds of things. So um it's a good question that we're muddying up and making vulgar um, is like, what is post COVID vaccine life like? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's most folks aren't really worried about the side effects, right? Because if you think of post COVID vaccine life, you have the immediate aftermath and then you have the, the, the more long-term piece, right? Most people are like, whatever, I'll just deal with the side effects, but I figure we can kind of talk to that to the immediate stuff. Yeah. But almost everybody's focused on like, when can I, hang out. In fact, in like a lot of my like pre roadshow speeches, when I go to the groups, I was saying like, we're heading to the bar immediately following your vaccine, you know, and just, <laughs> just to kind of make, uh, you know, show some fun there. So um, a lot of folks are focused on, on the long-term stuff. So the short-term stuff, it's really just about managing the symptoms. And I guess the big piece of advice that I'll give you is that there's a lot of misinformation going on about what you can and can't do after relating to NSAIDs and Tylenol. And I think it was because there was actually like a higher up in the science community and immunization world that made comments like people should not be using Tylenol and NSAIDs after vaccination. Mm-hmm. And 
that's based on, you know, like the, the theory of the science, right? Those things can kind of blunt your immune response because of what they do in the body, right? How they work via inflammation. But that's a theoretical thing. One of the, you know, I was just pissy that he said that, like, yes, technically, but in practice, how many millions of vaccines have been given over the last 50 years, 60 years? And how many people are using Tylenol or Advil regularly with them? And we know that they still have efficacy despite that. So I felt it was like, responsible in that it's accurate but it's irresponsible because everybody's looking and hanging on every single word that people say and as a result you should hear it every single clinic people are saying i heard you can't use Tylenol, right you know it's funny you say that because the day after my second dose and you know i got kind of sick after it and i took some advil the next morning i wake up to an email from my mother with one study saying that Advil reduces the efficacy and she's like begging me to stop taking Mm -hmm. it, which I, I mean, it worked immediately. I only needed, you know, usually for pain, I will take um, no less than 600 milligrams, but I took 400 milligrams because I wasn't feeling that sick. Um, So I took 400 the first day. And then the second day I was like, feeling a little bit feverish. So I took another 400 and she was like begging me to stop. And I was like, yeah, a year ago, they thought that Advil would kill you. So, and she's like, well, look at where the study comes from. So I did a quick Google search and there were as many articles saying that you could use it. In fact, there were more articles. It was probably like two, you know, two to one, they're fine to take as opposed to they're going to dampen the efficacy. And I was like, look, nobody knows. There's so many studies and you know, like the, the results are being replicated in multiple studies that yes, they're okay or no, they're not okay. So just relax, man. Right. Like, exactly. I think that most of the stuff that we're seeing online though, is just the speculation. It's editorials. It's nothing really, there's no conclusive evidence uh, that there's any problem here. And that's the thing is like, you know, I had asked a pharmacy nerd friend of mine to like, can you show me some papers? And she's like, there's nothing like I've already looked, you know, there, there's <laughs> nothing out there. So we are, um, yeah, I, there is n- no reason for people to think that they should not be taking NSAIDs or Tylenol along with uh, their COVID vaccine. So um, some folks are recommending to not administer it before you get the dose or like pre-dosing, right? So mm-hmm. you should not take the Advil or leave before whatever. I'm okay with that. Wait until you have problems, then take Advil or leave. And then which dose is going to be the most appropriate for you? That's really going to be up to you and your pharmacists, up to you and your doctor. You're going to want to make sure that, you know, NSAIDs or Tylenol are right for you based on your conditions. And what dose is appropriate is going to be based on uh, you and your needs. Um, In most general pieces of advice, people can take the max dose of acetaminophen, which is like a thousand up to four times a day. Mm-hmm. And then the max dose of ibuprofen is 800 four times a day, right? There's wow. some variances based on like your age, you know, and other factors. So again, talk to your pharmacist before you take anything. Another strategy that I've been telling folks is that you want to stagger the two. So take Advil and then two hours later, take Tylenol. Two hours later, take your next Advil dose and then so on and so forth to kind of give you full coverage, almost like you're treating a fever in a kid, you know? Mm. And so that's another kind of strategy. The one thing I will say conclusively is don't use aspirin. Too many people like want to use aspirin. Aspirin, if it came out today, would be a great blood thinner, but it would not be a pain medicine. Like it has two 
profound of effect on platelets and clotting um, and, you know, a decent effect on inflammation and pain, but it would really be best served as not a pain medicine. Use something different. Um, otherwise, I'm really pushing folks to make sure that hydration and electrolytes are being met after because there's a lot of folks with nauseousness, especially the younger people that are getting it. All the aging hippies are like, this isn't a big deal at all. I don't know what you're whining about. Right. And so yeah. I don't know what I was, what, I don't know what that is. We were talking about that. Like we need somebody to kind of teach us like why the older folks are, are doing better than the younger folks. But like, you know, the nauseousness in an elderly person is a problematic thing because then they're not going to eat. They could get dehydrated. They could have some serious problems. So we want to make sure that Gatorade is a part of your diet or, you know, electrolytes, Pedialyte, um, any type of fluid, just, just whatever you need to do to take care of yourself while, uh, you're like not eating as much as you did. So that's like the immediate aftermath. And most of the stuff will last anywhere, like start within six to eight hours and last anywhere, uh, between two and three days. Most people like two and a half days, it was over, you know, yeah. um, that's what we recognize in our house. So I will say the spot of injection in my arm after it stopped hurting because eventually it started to like really, really hurt. But yeah. the healing process has been a couple of days of like really bad itching, like yeah. so bad. And I was like, this is torture. This is like poison oak level itching. And today, a week later is the first day that I don't want to tear my skin off from it itching so bad. Yeah, I think there's this thing called COVID arm people are talking about where it's almost like a cellulitis in the arm. It's like red and warm and itchy mm. over a large area. Again, I think that's all that polyethylene glycol stuff that's surrounding the, you know, oh, the, the candy coating. I, yeah, you know, that I think that's probably what it is because I my skin is very red there. And, mm. you know, I have like a big tattoo and the only color in it is red. Mm. And my flesh is the same color as that ink. I mean, it's actually, it's better today. Like yeah. I said, you know, finally today it's looking better, but for a few days there, I was just like, this is remarkable. My arm is very red. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So let's though move on from this and kind of talk about the post COVID vaccine life in the long yeah. term and COVID risk management has always been kind of a math formula, right? Uh, it's, it's how you grade the environment and the people. So we always wanted low risk people mixed in low risk environments. That's what we were always shooting for. And we talked about the different matrices, right? So somebody that's flaunting all the rules, they're a high risk person, right? They, they don't care. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a hoax and they're out doing whatever, right? And then the low risk people are the people that are working from home that aren't really mixing, you know, going anywhere, right? They're going to the store. We know that those are safe. They're wearing their mask. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So that's a low risk person. The high-risk environments are the indoor spaces where people are mostly unmasked, right? And there's questionable mixing of, or like high volumes of people. So mixing of like risk-ridden folks and lots of people. So restaurants, gyms, like those are problematic places, right? So it's always right. like outside with low-risk people, you're going to, you, you know, you can live your life. And that's why the summer was so great, right? We had a pandemic, but we could see folks. And the same calculation has to happen moving forward because you're not getting a force field, right? I'm not giving people force fields. I'm giving people a like tool to help their body identify and fight off a invader easier, right? That's mm -hmm. it. 
we have all this stuff with the variants. There's a lot of stuff still going on, right? So we have to still do our risk calculation. But that being said, somebody who's immunized, getting together in a higher risk environment with somebody who's immunized, that's a very low risk scenario. So being immunized is the lowest possible risk factor, period, right? So there, there's almost no risk of having any active virus being exchanged between the two of you, right? Mm. So that's a great situation. So you and any of your friends that are immunized, go for it. But if you guys are going out into a high-risk environment, or if you're socializing with high-risk people, you still could run the risk of catching the thing. And while you may not die from it anymore, or you may not go to the hospital, you could still get sick and you could still have all that permanent organ damage stuff. Right. So we still have to be careful. So a great example, we had a, a patient at the clinic who said, listen, I want to hang out with two of my friends. One's an anti-masker and the other one um, just thinks this is just a hoax and and da, 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 right? But I'm immunized. Can I not wear my mask? And I said, absolutely not. In fact, you're going to wear two masks when you hang out with those folks, right? Even mm -hmm. though you're immunized, you're still putting yourself in a high-risk environment and you don't want to do that to yourself. Now, again, my pharmacist friends they're both immunized. We certainly hung out with them. Here's another interesting kind of take on the whole thing. Um, so our friends are immunized, right? Mm -hmm. And we're immunized, but their kids are not. And our kids are not. So their kids go to school, right? They go to school, they play sports, they do stuff, right? And while they are, the kids are probably fine because they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're still risky, right? And then our kids are staying home and they're low risk and, and they're unprotected. So we're actually mingling parents only and keeping our kids separate because we, you know, there's a reason we're keeping our kids home, right? We don't want them to get sick. So if we then socialize our kids with other kids who are at school or, or in a higher risk situation, what was the point of quarantining all of the, these months? What was right. the point of keeping the kids home? So in our house, what we decided is like, even though we're immunized, we're not going to stop like our protections for our kids. You know, um, I still think that that still needs to be in place just because we don't need anything else dragging these kids down. <laughs> you know, yeah. they've had a, a hard enough year. So that's kind of what I would advise folks is that it's still a calculation you're still going to listen to every single thing Dr. Fauci tells you about how many masks to wear and where, right? Mm -hmm. But you are, when you're thinking about your social life, if you have folks in your life that are also vaccinated, enjoy it, right? But don't get too loosey-goosey about everything because you don't want to put your guard down and take this situation for granted. We have a lot of variants coming through, a lot of weird stuff happening. We don't want us to lose ground after we just won back our freedom, you know? Exactly. Um, so for your Tinder answer, I don't know, you know, like I would probably, you know, like I said, I, I don't know much about the Tinder and, uh, as long as you're not, uh, you know, as promiscuous as my, 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 my close friend there, uh, I, I would say, you know, just be safe, you know, like, like yeah. what, what would your dad say? Your dad, you know, what would a parent say here? Like, uh, get off Tinder and <laughs> go meet a good boy, go to church. Go to synagogue. I thought I raised you better. I thought I raised you better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't really have a good answer. I would just be careful. And I would only, I mean, like they have to be six foot or more and you have to have a COVID vaccine and I need to see your vaccine record card. So thank you. Yeah. What lot number did you get? Right. That's what should be your <laughs> second question. Um, so the, one of the things I wanted to say is like, Drawing up the doses out of the COVID vaccine is the most mind-numbing thing ever. 
I mean, I didn't give all 2,500 doses, but I drew up every single last one of the doses out of the vials and I can strip down a vial in like one in four minutes, like 12 doses, three alcohol pads, you know, four doses at a clip, um, and, uh, you know, put them and get them ready to go. So it only takes four, four minutes. But if you think about that, um, you know, we were allocated a hundred vials at this point. So 400 minutes of my past few weeks have been drawing up doses. So I just got in a bunch of saline and I'm having the technicians all practice aseptic technique uh, (laughs) because technicians and pharmacies can drop doses. So I'm certainly going to make them start doing that soon. Um, The I'm a TV star. We didn't talk about that. That's true. Yes. So I was on local news on a TV uh, special. We basically our pharmacy PR group for our independent pharmacy group was saying like, do you want to be on media? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. So they found um, the, you know, the regional news spectrum news, and they did a local story on us, like a human interest story. And it was really great. They came to one of the Baptist churches and uh, it was a fun little experience. It was kind of weird because we were getting ready for the clinic. We were getting a little bit delayed because he was there and we was like, you know, we wanted to like do all the, the footage. Right. And then we had a medical emergency, but it wasn't somebody that got a shot. They just were having a medical emergency. So oh, wow. it, it was a, a scene. So like we had to like, I had to like pick her up and move her into another room. And like I had a, a nurse that was there that like st- stayed with her so we can keep moving. But, um, so like, I'm like, Oh my God, is he getting this on footage? I hope not. You know, like we, we don't, we don't want people to not get the vaccine because they think this is associated with it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we've been in like, I think like 12 newspaper stories. I was on NBC news mentioned an article with, with big Joe Biden, which was really nice. Uh, you know, mm. like Joe said this, Hey, here, here's a pharmacist struggling and, uh, which was pretty sweet. And then like all the regional papers and yeah. And then the local news. So it's been a good, good run. People are know that what we're doing and, and like how we're trying to help. I mean, I've told folks a lot that 10,000 individuals, that's my goal. I want to give 20,000 doses. I'm ready. Just give me some, some freaking doses and put me in coach. You know, that's all I'm looking for right now. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, the daily show did a segment about that last night, which is why I shared that article. I know you saw it on Facebook, but I also tweeted it at them um, because I would love for them to see it and like have the whole nation see what you're doing and hopefully get more pharmacists to reach out to you to find out how you're running your clinic. Right. Well, and that's why the, you know, the independent pharmacy groups have got that free course that they can take that we put together. Uh, A lot of folks really like that. So that's great. So, um, yeah, drneilsmoller.com slash courses. If you're a pharmacy nerd and you're listening, don't forget to take advantage of the free course. It's got my best practices. I'm actually going to do a little update on second doses and some organizational things. This actually brings up a good point because I've been doing COVID math in my sleep. So for the past three days, so for the clinics, normally I get up around four or five to start the billing of the claims. Because if you have 250 claims it and they're like maybe 30 seconds a piece to just submit it to the insurance and get the, the label to print out 30 seconds, you know, it's a few hours right there. You know, I'm just waiting for that. And then we have, we have 520, you know, it's just an all day affair. So like I go in to start the billing process and then our label printer only holds 200 labels. So I have to change the labels. And if I don't change the labels, then I lose all those, those labels. Right. And we have to like manually pull them out. So, so I, I'm getting up at five going in for like six, almost six thirty, Right. And then like doing all this paperwork. So at three in the morning, my head, it's just like so many plates are spinning with these clinics, right? You don't want to waste a single drop of the doses. You have to make sure everybody's paperwork because of the 
people like the form that they're I'm supposed to keep, they walk away with, right? Yeah. And we found like two or three of those after our first clinic. And we're like, okay, we never have to let that happen again. You have to do all this billing stuff. We have to do data submission to the state and soon to the CDC too, all this reporting stuff. And then we have to file this stuff. We have to put in boxes so that way we store it with our records. It's a lot, right? And so um, I'm dreaming like, okay, so I have 500 doses and then seven cancellations. And then this, I have to move this per, And that's what I'm doing at three in the morning in my head, like as I'm like sleeping. So lots of CBD, but I also have a new solution that I came up with that's been helping out a ton. And I call it the uh, the pod tracker. Hmm. And it is five columns. So again, pharmacy nerds and for people that are interested in the logistics, how we solve these problems. So in column one, big column, it's got numbers one to however many vials I have. So I had 44 vials at that one clinic. So it was one to 44 in this column. And I take one vial and I drop as many doses as I can get. If I get 10, I write 10. If I get 12, I write 12. Because keeping track of how many doses I've actually have to give is always a nightmare. Like we're counting syringes and how many people are left and how many people have we done. Oh, we forgot. So it's just a nightmare. So I'm just tracking as I draw down the vial, I tell people, leave me alone until I look up right? And then I write down the number. So that way we're tracking as we go, how many doses we've drawn up. And then the second column is the scheduled people. So this is how many people we're anticipating. These are the people that have reserved appointments. So 528, for example, right? Actually at the, at the most recent clinic was 523, let's just say, right? In the next column is cancellations. And what we do is we put a number at top, but then we list the specific people who canceled. So not too bad. We've only had about 17 out of 1,200 people cancel their second doses, Okay. Um, three people had to reschedule. Like, I think like four of those folks died. Um, so because a lot of these people, like we had one woman who was 103. It was amazing. Like I was so happy to be able to give her first dose, but unfortunately she got sick and died. Not related to the vaccine, uh, after. Um, so we have all these cancellations. So who isn't coming? Right. Uh, because that's always a nightmare who came, who didn't. Right. And then the, yeah. the, the next column is the add-ons. These are the people that I, had come the standby list people, the people to fill uh, in those gaps. And then we have the final count. So hopefully it's back to zero, right? So the scheduled people minus the cancellations plus the add-ons should equal the number of doses that you drew out of every single vial. And if it's not, then you can add more to the add-on column. And it's been a freaking lifesaver. Because of that, I've been able to sleep better uh, without as much CBD or bourbon. So it's been really great. And so if you're not doing that currently at your clinics, you should be doing that because it is an amazing tool to help help you get through it. And if anyone from Pod Tracker is listening, you know, Neil's not accepting sponsorships, but I am. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. I'll take money. Um, oh, well, there goes your integrity. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I want money. I've got no integrity. Um, one of the things that I will say is that, you know, we're celebrating the new year for people. And I, I think that the new year is coming for a lot of people. I think March is going to be amazing. Totally. Um, Johnson and Johnson getting the thumbs up, right? Yes. Yes. One dose. I'm wondering if like the official recommendations are going to be to hold that for the 65 and under crowd. And mm -hmm. I don't know where I, I haven't looked at any of the data yet. Um, my instinct is to say, hey, if I was older, I'd want the two dose thing. You know, 90% efficacy sounds awesome. You know? Yeah. Uh, and if I was older, if I were older, that's probably where I would lean. Um, if I were younger, I would probably say one dose is more than enough, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to kind of fall out there. The, 
other thing is like, you know, Pfizer's ramping up their production and it seems like we're getting closer and closer to relationships where the CDC are sending directly to our pharmacies in New York. Mm-hmm. And I know they're asking pretty uh, frequently, like how many doses can you handle in a week and how many can you store? So we're getting all of those kinds of questions. Like we're getting kind of primed for the pump, you know? So yeah. I think that March is going to be a very busy uh, time, but it's going to be a great time for folks. So I want to give 10,000 individuals their COVID freedom. So I'm hoping that we can <laughs> do that soon. Um, so that's all I've got. I really am still in need of a nap, uh, obviously. And so we're going to keep it short. I, you know, 90% of this is because I want to be able to say we have a hundred podcast episodes. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're getting through it just so we can say we have a hundred maybe we'll take it. Uh, no, cause I won't have any clinics for the next three weeks. So we're going to have plenty of energy moving yeah. forward. So we're going to, we're going to do a legit show next week. I think that's what we'll do. Oh so. my God. It's been so long. Is there going to be a guest? Wait a minute. Oh my God. I'm going to try. I'm I'm trying. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's it, Dana. I I guess we could just say, join us again on the podcast that helps you redefine holistic. We're taking that word back. We're taking it back (laughs) from the charlatans. And we're going to help you on your wellness journey without the BS and nonsense. So on behalf of Dana, it's me, Dr. Neil, saying thank you and catch you next week.